0: So how are things, Justin?
1: Things are great. I mean, my wife had a daughter. Uh, we didn't know what the sex was going to be until we had her. So that was exciting. Uh, last Thursday. And her name is Piper. And she is the greatest thing in the world. Totally worth, you know, no sleep. And my wife was in 40 hours of labor. Wow. But yeah, she she's great. That's pretty sweet, man. I listened, I listened to the pot, uh, last week's podcast in the hospital. <laughs> it, I took notes because I felt left out.
0: Wow, so you were still in the hospital when, like, Friday?
1: We went in uh, on a Tuesday night, and then um, we got out Sunday. Um, I went home a couple times to, like, shower and check in the house, but you know, my wife was there the whole time. So, yeah, I took notes. Number one, my favorite coffee is La Colombe Savoia. <laughs> it's great. Uh, and I had a side note. If you're using an AeroPress... Try 175 instead of boiling temperature. It's much better. Uh, Point number two, Jervon says, Vim is slow at syntax checking. And I'm screaming at my car radio like, no, it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Is this your lack of sleep? Possibly. Vim's not slow at syntax checking,
2: Jervon. It is not. We had this discussion. I think that, didn't I mention it was Syntastic? Or the capability of Vim like using Syntastic?
1: Yeah, you did elaborate but it still upset me deeply. Uh, what else do you guys talk about? Oh, multi-language conferences. I think they're awesome. Um, but I wonder if they have, like, a marketing problem. Because, like, I'm a Ruby developer, or I'm a JavaScript developer. How do I know that I should go to Strange Loop? Like, how do I find out about that? Because it is not a Ruby or JavaScript conference.
0: Yeah, why, why would you care about something that was just about generic programming?
1: Yeah, like, and I do care about those things, <laughs> but I find them, like,
0: harder to... To discover, like if there was a podcast that was just about programming, like who
1: would care?
3: Yeah, I figured you were. That was what you were trying to joke about. I mean, why would anyone listen to a podcast generally about programming?
1: I don't don't think they would.
3: Probably only if they had stickers.
1: Mm. Probably if they are passionate about programming. (laughs) We should probably, uh, you know, specialize in one language and just pick PHP. Oh man,
0: (laughs) Facebook uses it, so it must be good. You could just have like an ironic language podcast. Like the ASP Classic podcast.
1: No, but I'm serious. Like, if if like all of, all of you, you like going to conferences and you like new and interesting things. How do you find new and interesting things that don't have tags on a conference site that are directly related to what you do? Twitter, Twitter. I talk to you, Justin. <laughs> Pam, I think you're the one that brought up the multi-language conference thing. Yeah. How do you find out about them?
3: So, they are hard too because it's one of those things that when you see multi-language conferences, it's hard to tell if it's secretly a .net conference. <laughs> right. Which I feel that this is true. So, there's the CFP out right now. I think it, it ends it ended today or soon for ConFu, which is a Canadian multi-track conference, but many of so one thing that you can look at too is that like you can look at the schedule from the last year or at the proposals. So you can actually go and vote on Confu's proposals. And so I went and looked at the proposed proposals to see if I was interested in proposing. Ugh. And there there were a few too many PHP talks. So I think I might skip it. Someone please tell me if they love Confu, but
1: I was googling and I couldn't
3: find it. It's ca- well, it's because it's .ca because it's Canadian, Javan. It's Does that an mean international. I'd to, conference. I'd
1: have to go to Canada to attend.
3: Yes, you mm. would have to have a passport to attend. Mm. So that's actually <laughs> appealing because it's in cause it's in the French-speaking part of Canada, I believe. So some of the some of the talks are in French, and I find that interesting.
0: So guys, mm-hmm. my my dog literally ate my passport. <laughs> that's not a this joke. weekend or no, like two weeks ago. He took like one bite, like right
1: out of the middle of it. It's ridiculous. He doesn't want you leaving. I've been to Canada only once. I went there for work and I drove um, from Philadelphia up through New York into whatever that Canadian city is right there, Toronto. Really? Uh, How
3: ignorant are you of Canada, Justin?
1: Very, very. It's.
3: Canada' be pretty cool have you met Canadians or
1: so I went to Canada once and I drove through the border and they were like why are you going to Canada and I was like well I'm you know a software developer and I'm consulting for what whatever and I'm like an employee of this other company and they're like oh is money changing hands and I was like I don't know I'm just an engineer and they kept me like requisitioned for two hours like questioning me about like what I was doing and dude they made me like explain software like what I was building
3: Why didn't you just fly?
1: And my boss was, well, I meant to fly, and it was a sun. Well, no
3: Obviously, the Border Patrol people are way more dedicated.
1: Yeah, so my boss was just like, you should have just said, like, hey, I'm going to vacation. My boss was like, just say, you're going on vacation next time. (laughs) Like, they don't care if if you just say you're going on vacation. I would have flown, but I had to leave on a Monday morning, and my passport was in a safe deposit box on a Sunday, and my bank is open for, like, an hour on Sundays, and I couldn't get it. I forgot. It was my own fault. I should have flown.
3: Only if you're as bad at planning as Justin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think even if it's, a, if it's a programming language that I'm not interested in, but it's, they're doing something interesting with it, or is it talk about something interesting with it, I would go. So if it was a lot of PHP talks, but it was Facebook talking about how they use PHP, I think I would still attend. But if it was just how to build an MVC framework in PHP, I would
3: not go. No, no, yeah. I mean, they'll do some interesting stuff like memory and things like that that are probably interesting, and you could probably think about how you could apply them to other situations.
1: One more thing from last podcast that was brought up briefly was, like, board games at conferences. I really like uh, non-alcoholic track things at night. I, th- I find them very enjoyable. As a as a teetotaler. As a what? Te- teetotaler. I learned that word Money from uh, Boardwalk Empire.
3: Yeah, it's people who... Who don't drink, but it I have a conversation other... that people don't want other people to drink.
1: Oh, really? I don't. I'm not that. Then <laughs> yeah.
3: I know that because I know you don't care. But
1: yeah, I like I like doing non-bar things. Board games are fun. Hack nights are fun too.
2: I saw uh, Braintree organized an open source track for the hallway track at Madison Ruby, and I thought that was cool. So I guess they also do the 30 minute. Or something like that.
3: Is it an oxymoron to organize the hallway track? (laughs) I think it is. I think that's not fair to the hallway track.
2: Well, I mean, you have a choice if you're interested in open source and want to get involved. I want to. And if you you aren't,
3: then you have to, you know, not
0: walk through hallways. The hallway track will have to move to like the lobby track or the loitering outside track.
2: Yeah, no big deal. I'm sure they were in a room and weren't in the hallway. The hallway track was just a term for not having you talk that. That time, what was the topic for today? It was quitting.
3: Quitting. How what did you, you? How'd you pick that?
0: So I don't I, think
3: I was involved in that.
0: I've actually just been reading this book called The Senior Software Engineer. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, and I'm just getting a lot of ideas for topics. And he just had a chapter about when it was time to move on. So does that
1: mean like from anything? Does it mean like move on from a client if you're a consultant? Does it mean like move on to another job if you're an employee? Does it mean when to quit your your startup side project idea?
0: Well, he was specifically talking about leaving your company, but we could talk oh. about any of those things.
3: I want Len to talk about quitting. What about it? I mean, I think part of the reason why I feel I warned you that I might have an existential breakdown if we talk about quitting because I've probably quit the most on the podcast.
1: Really?
0: I quit so many times. Do you think the most?
3: I mean, uh, counting. About tech
1: tech or all jobs uh, it's
3: all jobs that's different okay yes. oh and, well, and just all programming and include freelance people I've quit no uh, mm. I
0: was actually really terrible at, at quitting I wasn't freelance gonna
3: people. I wasn't gonna count my quitting freelance people but I've quit a few freelance people
1: <laughs> so I haven't had uh, a full-time job in programming or actually in technology for more than three and a half years at a time. And, right, that's and, why and, I
3: think I probably have the highest
1: and, and in programming I've never worked somewhere for more than I think a year was the longest. When I decide to quit is when I when I realize I'm not learning anything. There could be other like things like, you know, money or comfort or the team. Like those are just kind of like baseline requirements that, that I that I need to be somewhere. I mean, but, but the thing yeah. is
3: how do you realize that you aren't learning anything? I feel like when you I feel like realizing that you aren't learning is a little bit I've been I keep thinking about, just for various situations, the, the frog and the hot water thing. That when you're in the hot water, you don't notice, and then the temperature just keeps going up, and then you're a dead frog.
2: Hmm. I think certain symptoms come out in me when I'm not learning.
3: That's, some... that's actually, I don't know if it's about learning, but that's when I decide to quit. Is I start, I, I try and quit before I turn into a total jerk. <laughs> so I think about it like a wall. That there's a wall, and I'm going to hit it, and I see it coming up, and I realize that something like that, my behavior is going to change, and I'm going to react to that wall. And so I should just quit before I get near it. Mm. So or at least make movements to make a new situation. So when I was working for the company in New York, when I was commuting a few days a week, I knew pretty fast that that wasn't a long term situation for me. But I loved who I was. I loved working for the company. I liked what I was doing. But I could not do the lifestyle. In that case, I didn't quit right out. I I you know shipped some cool stuff and then started looking. So then that's how I wasn't so, there for very long.
2: We, what is what is quitting? Is quitting, like hey, I found a better job. Here's I'm gonna stay here for another month or two weeks and then leave. Or it's quitting like I can't take this thing when I'm done. Like I, I guess would, both, I
3: would I would hope they're that you quitting.
1: would. Yeah.
2: Well, there's quitting I've, one i quit a, a couple bat. times
3: without something lined up next because it's more important to quit than to have something lined up next. And it doesn't take long. And the beauty of being in technology is you're never unemployed, you're always freelancing. Right? There's no such thing as unemployment if you build things on the web.
0: It is very stressful to look for the new job while at the current job and try to like come up with all the excuses while you're late and you're dressed better than normal.
3: Yeah, oh yes. <laughs> Man, that's that's why I try and be fashionable every so often just to keep people on their toes. <laughs> you know? You just show up at work in a in, in a, a suit. blazer just yeah. to just to make sure that they you know, they, just and to and make you, you could leave if
1: you wanted to.
3: Because I know how to dress myself. I just have to remind them every so often.
0: Number one tip for getting a raise come in like a half hour late wearing a suit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but you, you you can't do it too often because then it looks like you can't get another job.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, it's also crazy that we're having a podcast about quitting our job. There's a podcast
0: about that on Five by Five.
3: So there's the Quit podcast. It's yeah, the- yeah, I've listened
2: to that.
0: Well, they re-
3: but, but now it changed to grit yeah. and I was going to listen to it and I listened to it, like part of an episode before and I was going to listen to another episode this morning and then I slept instead. But, you know, so it is. Yeah, I think people, and people are fascinated by the idea of quitting. I think there's a lot of people who don't quit.
1: I think I've, I found a happy medium with consulting because I like, I like, I like learning new things and I like a little variety in technology And I like not getting burned out on a project for too long. So I think you get all those things with a good consulting company or or consulting yourself, uh, freelancing. So you don't have to, you're not really like quitting a job. You're just moving on to your next project. See, and it's it's hard for me to, I, I, I would, I think, like to work for a product company in the future, but it's hard for me to imagine a product that I, I guess I'm thinking like longer term, a product company that I would want to be at for a very long time. Yeah, I've worked for a lot
0: of product companies, and I never had a job more than, like, two years and a few months. I feel like at that point, I've gotten as much out of the team as I'm going to get. Like, I'm still learning, but I've greatly plateaued. And I think they've mostly, you know, hopefully I've I've made myself somewhat obsolete and uh, kind of exhausted, like, my ideas and experience.
1: Yeah. Like I'm, maybe there is some fairy tale company that will pay me a lot of money to work on something that's going to change the world for the better, in a socially responsible way, with really smart people and really interesting technologies. <laughs> right. I was just uh, serving ads to people.
3: <laughs> the greatest minds of our generation are figuring out how to get someone to click one more time. <laughs> There's a, an article about that.
0: <laughs> is that like an Allen Ginsberg poem?
3: No, it's it's a. And well, yeah, it's, it's based off of how, obviously, but the, there's an article actually about that, that problem or thing that's happening that, you know, theoretically, the quote, best people, if you believe that people are motivated by the people who will pay them the most in order to force them to live in California to work on computers. Um, so they're working on algorithms for targeting ads instead of doing things that actually make the world better. But who am I to say what makes the world better? Maybe we just need to make more Twitter for dogs.
1: <laughs> oh, speaking of Twitter, uh, I have an, I mean, if this and that recipe. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a little side tangent. Uh, in our house, we have Smart Things, which is a home automation uh, internet hub, I guess is the best way to describe it. So you have like different wireless things in your house and they're not on the internet by default. They just talk to each other into like a controllers that you can control like the scenes in your house with for like lights and other things. So SmartThings allows you to connect all that stuff to the internet. Uh, they have an iPhone app that's really slick and they also have if this then that integration. So in the baby's room it was really warm and I wanted a temperature sensor to tell you know what the exact temperature was in there. and Maybe maybe take actions depending on temperature and the best temperature sensor I could find for SmartThings also came with a door open close sensor. So I didn't know where to put it in the room. I didn't really care if the baby's room door was open or if the closet was open. So we ended up putting it on the diaper drawer. And now whenever the diaper drawer opens, there's a tweet sent out that says, I just pooped. And the Twitter account is Baby babycbell. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. (laughs) You shouldn't make it
2: generate a random sentence about pooping.
1: Well, if if this and that was a little more complex, maybe I could (laughs) end tangent. So do you guys generally
0: have good relationships with all the companies you've quit? Mostly.
3: Mostly.
1: <laughs> yes. I think, I think you try to, at least I try to, uh, and I'm sure they try to also, but sometimes you just maybe work for assholes, and that's the reason maybe why you left.
3: See, the, and the thing about that is that's why I, I try and quit based on kind of a bellwether, that I don't want it to get to that point. Because usually I, I, I'll take personal responsibility for my share of that and that, you know, I didn't leave in the best way. So, which usually means I left too late. So if I leave before it gets too bad, it's like when you leave a, a comedy set while everyone's still laughing. You just bail out after your last really good joke and don't try and get in another one. Right. <laughs> you just leave while right. you're winning.
0: I love uh, watching Stephen Colbert, watching his interviews. He'll always look for like the biggest laugh, and you'll see how like inconsistent the time of his interviews are. He'll just be like, "That joke was too good. Like, uh, thanks for being on."
2: Just cut
3: <laughs> <laughs> and just leave. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Stephen Colbert is an interview quitter.
2: <laughs> I think quitting is a positive thing, though.
1: Oh, well, you should quit before it's too late. I think I think not having fear of change is a positive thing.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. the underlying.
1: <laughs> it's a better
2: way to put of it.
3: quit. Is that? People fear change.
2: Also, you shouldn't quit your job to do a
1: startup if you're not making money in your startup.
3: I thought you could have stopped with you should <laughs> quit your job to do a startup.
1: <laughs> you mean you shouldn't just jump off the building and help you make a parachute and
0: the way down? I feel like we're the one industry where we're starting to embrace like this culture of quitting. Everyone else just thinks it's crazy to quit jobs every year or two.
3: I mean, it's because we can. I mean, other people... But also, there's a, a further thing that's happening is because because we know that we can invent our own job right you don't, so that you don't have to go and find someone to pay you money to do something and that's not how you have to make a living that's not your only choice for a lot of people that's what you know unless you have built I mean I, I think of it almost like the software craftsmanship stuff unless you've unless you've developed a skill such as software building where you can go and make someone something and then they will exchange money for it. There are a lot of people who don't build those skills. They don't... You can learn carpentry. You can, you know, you know, go learn uh, mechanics or, you know, things like that. And to the, once you have those skills, you can always... Once you have a skill that people will pay you money for, you can always go use it. But, you know, a lot of people have the... I am unable to explain my job in a sentence problem. Well, I'm an account manager, so I keep clients happy.
2: Do you think it's a oh, I can destroy the industry by people like wanting to quit so easily or not wanting to quit, but
3: I mean I think it's great for the industry in terms of worker power. Employers still have so much more power.
2: So
0: I don't I don't want to offend any of our listeners who might have had the same job for ten years. Uh, But I know, you know, I've done a lot of hiring and that was just always a smell on a resume when somebody was like at a company, especially if it wasn't a consulting company for like 10, 12 years.
3: Really? You thought that that was a bad thing?
0: That was almost always a really bad thing. They would explain software and they'd be like explaining like their internal frameworks. They just did not have a wide breadth of experience. And sometimes it was really bad. Sometimes a few of people like that did not know software at all. And I think they just became entrenched. And
1: I think that's why they didn't leave, because they couldn't leave. I saw a tweet. Somebody said uh, they don't have a, a job or a career. They have a lifestyle.
3: That sounds like four-hour work week nonsense. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it does sound a little uh, douchey.
3: There was a, a... I don't know. I'm sure you get the Quora Digest emails. It's like the only way I read Quora. But... <laughs> There was my Quora Digest, which I think is I – don't, I don't know if Quora Digest is the same as everyone else's Quora Digest. But it was – is is the idea that you need to have a job, a myth. I'll find the the link and put it in the show notes.
1: So then you just, what, walk, walk the earth? Or, or like have other income streams?
3: I'm going to have to find it. But no, it's not – it's. It's about kind of the – so they link to one of those smarmy internet things where someone – because that's actually the problem I have with anyone who says, you know, what, passive income businesses and things like that. Inevitably, the way that those people make passive income is by teaching other people to make passive income.
1: (laughs) so pyramid
3: scheme. Right. The corollary follows that it's just a pyramid scheme. So I think it's nonsense. But – I'm going to find this. Yes, a society conditioned is to think that we have to have a job to get money. And the uh, response that was the most upvoted says that, of course, society tells us that we have to have a job to make money because we have we live in an industrialized society and we favor employers and we're pro-business. And so, therefore, we want to people to believe that they have to have a job in order to make money. And by job, we mean... Someone else who started a business pays you to power their business while they, you know, do whatever they want with their jet skis and, you know, Bugatti. (laughs) And so actually, and actually, so this is interesting because this gives me the, the chance to, there's an article too that I thought I would end up mentioning when we had this topic that I tweeted out about from the LA Review of Books talking about uh, corporate noir, Saying that the the noir category of books that now our noir is related to the the quicksand that is the corporate world, and you don't have to work at a corporation to be in the corporate world. Sorry, little consultants, um, but that by and that by playing the game, you already lost. Mm-hmm. So, and then the following thing I'll say after that depressing statement is to check out the really cool book, Possum Living by Dolly Freed, which is an old book that is really cool. And I believe she wrote it when she was 12. And so Dolly Freed wrote this book when she was 12. And she's now literally a rocket scientist. So she doesn't live off the grid anymore because she's literally a rocket scientist. And she's awesome. And so she and her dad lived... Uh, on less than a thousand dollars a year, so it's called possum living because that's kind of like the way possums are. You you know you don't need a lot, and so you you make by and you do just fine. And wow. just the ways that you handle yourself without without believing that you need all this money. And there's there's a lot of interesting things about you know minimalism and things like that that I think are kind of the counterpart to the idea that you have to always have a job and always be you always have to have more in order to have more. And I also think that's actually why the tiny house movement kind of baffles me, because I think tiny houses are really neat, but I also don't know why people are doing new construction when they could just, you know, refurbish old houses. I get that they want to have less space, but why don't you just, you know, split a building into apartments and live in a tiny apartment?
1: What is the tiny house movement? Just you need less space to...
3: Well, tiny houses are... They're literally tiny houses, and also the funny thing is that I want to make fun of tiny houses, and I don't think anyone makes fun of tiny houses, but they're essentially mobile homes, yo. Know? like, they're they're mobile homes.
2: It's pretty much like a shed that you put your tools on, so people make a really <laughs> and
3: that's pretty... that's pretty much a tiny house. But no, they're I mean, really
0: expensive. And they're really nice. Yes, expensive. and
3: they're really expensive <laughs> when you could just, you know, if you want a motorhome or an Airstream, buy a motorhome or an Airstream.
0: It's like the bed folds out into the couch, into the toilet, like it's all just the same <laughs> space. <laughs>
1: I have a four-bedroom, and we run out of space. Maybe it's that thing. What's that lawland? line? You back? have
3: a four-bedroom, but, well, wait. So I live in the have, suburbs.
1: Let's get this clear. I'm not a, <laughs> yeah, a city in, dweller. You live
3: in New Jersey, I believe. <laughs> uh, like, so.
0: like we could all just like move into like Justin's basement and have more room than we probably have now.
3: <laughs> right. He wouldn't even notice either. He would just be like, I don't, I don't know why the basement's locked these days, and why are Jevon and Pam always at my coffee shop? <laughs>
1: By my coffee shop, do you mean the one in my living room or the one down the street?
3: Oh, I was. I'm was talking about the one down the street.
1: Because there is none down the street, unfortunately.
3: There is no no coffee shop down the street. That's your no, startup, man. I have
1: to I have to drive ten minutes to go get coffee.
3: Oh, that's because you can't walk anywhere because you live in the suburbs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so here's the description of tiny houses: that this typical American home about is about twenty six hundred square feet, while the typical small or tiny house is one to four hundred square feet. Wow. Yeah. Or you could just live in an apartment. <laughs> so.
1: What was your uh, your guys' shortest job?
3: Shortest job, six months.
1: Yeah, I know, I know you're looking for that one where like I walked in and like a day later I quit, but I don't have one of those.
2: <laughs> Probably nine months.
0: That was a leading question because I did have that. I worked at a job for a day. You did? <laughs>
3: See, but the thing about that is then... I think that that's on you for not vetting the place that you took a job with.
0: Totally. I was still pretty green and is, did not so do my, my it's due it's so hard. It's so hard to tell if
3: you're going to like working somewhere. Right. Because they'll, they'll lie to you to try and get you to work for them. They'll yeah. say, oh, yeah, we have all of our stuff under control. And you show up and they're using SVN. And you're like, what? Are you drunk?
0: <laughs> I wish they saying? were using SVN. They're using Visual Source Safe.
3: What? What is? What?
0: You don't want to know. <laughs> But no, it was the last time I went through a recruiter and I learned that lesson because I just believed way too many of the things the recruiter told me. And I think.
3: Uh, oh, you went through a. Re- yeah, because yeah, they the lied recruiter to will tell you anything to get you to take the job. Totally. Yeah. I mean, recruiters do, I think they are part of the reason why, why people in our industry should have the confidence to quit is that you get, you literally get messages uh, pretty much every day of someone who's trying to hire you. Right. So it gives you that kind of, you know. It gives you the counterbalance of confidence to, to hopefully balance out the fear that you have. Because negative emotions are way more powerful. So it takes a lot to outweigh fear. So you basically do need to be recruited every day to have the confidence to you know, to believe in yourself that people actually do want to hire you.
2: So is quitting inevitable? And if you're a company, how do you what do you guys advise to a company to have people not quit?
0: Not pretend that they're not going to quit, be grownups about it, and realize that everyone's going to leave and treat people who leave like alumni and not like someone who just broke your heart.
3: Yeah, I think the alumni thing is really important because then you keep good relationships. And I've referred people to places that I previously worked if it was a good situation. If it was not, I did not. Mm And if it was not, I told people to never, ever work there and never, ever work with them. (laughs) So your reputation matters.
1: Yeah, there was a... I always quote things. I have no links to any of them. Uh, there was an article recently about if you're going to post a, a senior position for your company, uh, don't. And instead, ask why you can't promote somebody junior at that position or why you're failing to recruit internally. Um, I, I will find that link. I will. I promise.
3: Have you all read Being Geek? No.
1: I've not even heard of it.
3: It's the Software Developer's Career Handbook. And one of the, who's it? It's Michael Lopp. I think he has a popular blog. So if you read his blog, you've kind of already read the book. But the, the book, it does have, I remember one of the, one of the sections was about knowing when, it, this wasn't just really about to quit, but it was knowing when your company was, when the ship was about to sink. And that you basically to figure out who the, who the canaries are at your company, and when they leave, you should leave.
1: That's a cool word. I like that.
3: <laughs> the canaries. So that you know, the person who's really smart and who has you know very is who's well respected, and who has no reason to leave. And when that person leaves, then then the whole ship is going to go down. And you see that kind of turnover in companies too. That's actually when you said about companies. That's what I thought of is yeah. when when companies get these uh, these large turnovers. When you go to a company and everyone's you know, kind of everyone started about the same time or later. That's kind of a, a way to tell that there was a big turnover. So,
1: so is so is yeah.
0: So, what is that turnover like? Indicate, indi- uh, what does that you indicate? Know, it
3: just it indicates company change for one. And it just it's something that too just happens in that it's you know, that when when it's when it's kind of when your era is over, that you should just leave and go do something new because usually, hopefully. Other people are leaving and they'll, you know, you get this thing where people people bring you along and they say, well, I went here and so I'm going to go call. You know, you see those kind of patterns of how people recruit people they previously worked with. So you can see kind of the network tree. So you see, oh, like I, I work with a bunch of people who, you know, have, or at least in the, in the leadership, there's a people who had a lot of ties to this one company. And so you can tell because it means that somebody, you know, somebody was the pioneer who came over and then they started bringing their crew. But that also meant that other people probably left and the same thing happened. Hmm. It's just, it's kind of within larger companies and jobs, it's just something that happens and it just has to do with your network. And again, it's, you know, people are adults about it and it's nothing personal. It's just, you know, if you have a tribe, if you, if you're a, you know, A VP and you have managers or people that you previously relied on, you'll try and bring them with you.
0: So do you guys want to do picks? I was hoping you would say, when do you
2: quit recording?
1: (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, next week, when to start? When to begin?
3: I don't think that makes sense. When you need money. That's a terrible reason. (laughs) If you can avoid that reason, that's really good.
1: I have a pick. I'm going to pick the video game Destiny. it's (laughs) it's awesome. <laughs> came out today oh you're in trouble you're never gonna sleep <laughs> yeah so i was planning to, to like video game. i was planning to play like you know hours upon hours of this game in the next you know day or so and now it's going to be like a tenth of that which is fine baby's much more uh enjoyable to be around but still still justin did you
2: see the new commercial
1: live-action one i saw pictures of it but i've not actually seen it
2: yeah it reminds me a lot of guardians of the galaxy which kind of sucks
3: but i love that movie no i'm
2: not saying the movie sucks i'm saying like they kind of ripped it off like they were playing he was like what song do you want to play and i was like oh man you're like totally taking the idea from guardians of galaxy i'm
1: sure that they made this trailer for this game it's been development for a few years off of one movie that came out a month ago Alright, I don't have a pick,
0: so just to piggyback on that, my pick will be uh, this YouTube video of uh, Star Wars, a trailer for it, recut with the Guardians of the Galaxy theme song, and it makes you just, like, really want to watch Star Wars again. <laughs>
2: Jervon, do you have a pick? I do have a pick. Um, so, Kagatech does this web webinars. Um, I'm not sure if it's public yet, or if... Uh, Or if they release it to the public, I'm pretty sure they do. Um, But I watched one last week on Closed Script and Transducers. And it was awesome. Uh, So I'll get a link to you, Len. So I might pick the entire Cognitech webinar series or just one, depending on if they're public or not. Um, And then my music pick is a song called Sometimes by uh, Rafael Sadiq. It's awesome.
3: So I'm for my pick. I already said a bunch of books, and so I'm just gonna pick one of them. And I'm gonna pick Possum Living.
0: Cool. So show notes are at Turing Cool slash uh, nineteen. Follow us on Twitter at Turing Cool and and, uh, and review
3: us on iTunes. Yes.
0: And I'll uh, talk to you guys next week.
3: All right. Later. See you guys. Bye. Is that the picture on the Twitter account? Your baby's room. Yes. Are those wall stickers?
1: Yeah, they're wall, uh, like vinyl decals. We found that are at, really
3: cute. On FCA, I, I love vinyl decals. There's some, I've pondered getting some for a while. There's some, like, mod ones because I like geometric shapes.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, we, we toyed with the idea of, like, painting or, you know, maybe even hiring somebody to paint, which I assume would be, you know, prohibitively expensive. Then we found these, and they look really good, and they're removable, and, yeah, they're great. I should put a link to that Etsy store, too. I'll find it. I missed you guys. You guys are great.
3: Oh. Warm fuzzies, Justin.
1: Yep. So how's, uh, how have you guys been in the past week, two weeks? Lonely.
3: I mean, are you on paternity leave, Justin?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a contractor, so I'm just on as much paternity leave as I want to take. So right now I'm planning on taking at least two weeks, maybe more. We'll see. I'd be curious to when we get into like a rhythm of we can like sleep through the night because right now it's you know no more than two hours at a time
3: that might not happen for a while
1: it might not Uh, but we'll see I would love to just stay home you know for three months be awesome hanging out with the fam you could do that yeah I mean like but not work either at some point you'd be like pragmatic about like, oh, I should probably make money at some point.
2: Well, I was thinking you could take a three month vacation. Mm.
1: Build a startup. Build a startup. I'll just decide to build a profitable company in three months. Yep. That's how it works.